3: The Orlando Magic
5: are at the all-star break. So it's a good time to take a step back, reflect on where the Magic are this season, and where they are set to go. So much to get to. It's a good episode. It's a good day for an episode of Locked On Magic.
3: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
5: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today will be February 16th, 2023. My name is Philip Reich I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philipr underscore O-M D. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we take a step back and reflect on where the magic are at at the All-Star Break. We're joined by Luke Duffy, uh, my site, my co-site expert over at Orlando magicdale.com We'll get to all kinds of things about the magic. What they have they met the expectations for the season? How do they take that next step further? And what are what is next for Palavan Caro, Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Jamal Mosley? What's next for this whole team? We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's great pop. There's a great podcast covering every single team in the NBA to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked today to get started. The Orlando Magic are officially at the All-Star break now, sitting at a record of 24-35. and 35. Certainly a record better than I think a lot of us would hope for, but also a record that is... Not quite where we want it to be right now either. The Magic are, at least uh, as of entering Thursday's games, uh, I think there's a big game Thursday between two teams ahead of the Magic, Pacers and the Bulls, I believe. Um, The Magic are four games back of the Washington Wizards for the final play-in spot, and while that is a pretty sizable gap to, to climb, it's not impossible, as the 2019 team showed. We will chat with Luke Duffy of Orlando Magic Daily here on the other side, and one of the big things we talk about is how expectations have changed for the Orlando Magic. So enjoy our conversation with Luke Duffy coming up next. And I am joined now by my co-site expert over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Joined us here, but he's been writing about the Magic for a really long time now. It's our good friend, uh, Luke Duffy. Luke, hi, how are you doing, my man?
6: Not too bad at all, Phil. Um, thank you so much for having me on today. Very much looking forward to talking about the Magic. Uh, and yeah, we, we get a chance to pause now for All-Star break and just to sort of assess where they're at and looking forward to getting into it with you, man.
5: Yeah, it's 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 been... It's been a wild and an exciting season. you know I, I I don't know what your expectations were for the year i I had them at i'll I'll say this publicly at, at, please everyone freezing cold take me and drag me. um I had the team at twenty nine wins and that was more because I was expecting late season chicanery um, you know, but sitting here now at what twenty four and 35 at the all star break, what has this team first met your expectations so far and 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 what are your overall impressions? Uh, for for this team so far this season, now during the you know at the All Star break during the final quarter of the year.
6: Well, I suppose first of all, um, I was when I say cautiously optimistic at the start of the season. I didn't anticipate a five and twenty start. I'll put it to you that way. And <laughs> when that happened, I really did expect the worst, and it. I was probably and you talk about freezing cold takes. I was probably dragged a little bit for saying if the front office decides to. Certainly not blow this up, but if they get a little bit more creative around the deadline, it wouldn't have surprised me. Uh, obviously, that was proven to not be the case. Uh, and yet, I just also felt, and this is where the cautious optimism comes in. I think there were even moments in those five and twenty games, whether it was defensive stretches, also defensive for me, anyways, where I just felt something there. Uh, we're a long way off seeing it properly, but there's something there. And then the absolute individual brilliance of uh, Banchero and uh, Franz Wagner uh, not that they paper over any cracks but I think they were just so great to watch develop that to me it didn't even mind that the losses were piling up because I could see in these two at least as well as other players will get into that there's definitely something here and it excited me so yeah I, I didn't anticipate such a bad start but they have rebounded very well
5: yeah I mean I, I don't think anyone anticipated that 5 and 20 start and I think we were you know, I, I know I took the team to task. Uh, I'm sure a lot of fans would agree with this. You know, like the goal was to quote unquote level up. Like mm-hmm. that was the rallying cry. That was kind of the 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 line that was pushed out by Jamal Mosley by the co- by coach and, and by the team throughout throughout the offseason. And you know, it, it was it was tough to see it in those early early days. And, and obviously, injuries played such a huge role. The Magic played a good chunk of the first quarter of the season without any point guards with Markel Foltz out with the broken toe with Cole Anthony dealing with the oblique injury. Um, it was just, just really, really tough. And and as good as Franz looked as good, as good as Paolo Bancaro looked, you know, you wanted to see the results. And, and I think that, you know, even now that's kind of the tension with this team, even though they're winning a lot more is that everyone wants to see this team, like they want, they want, they, they everyone loves the process and the process is really important, but we all want to see the results. We're all, we're all, we're all kind of immediate gratification people. And, you know, or that early part of the season, you could, you, like you said, you could see hints mm-hmm. of what this team could do. We talked a lot. I, I remember early in the season talked a lot about, Hey, they're not getting blown out. Like the first, like fifth, like maybe 10, 12, 15 games. There's maybe one game where they lost by more than 15 points or so, something like that. And obviously those blowouts kind of came and and the team got overwhelmed and and, and it was frustrating at at that point. And everyone's questioning, like, is this the right thing? Do we have the right players? You know, clearly we have something in Paolo and Franz, but what about everybody else? And, uh, you know, I think it's a credit to this front office, a credit to this team and this coaching staff that they stayed the course, that they, that they stayed patient with it. And, And they said, Hey, you know, do the, keep doing the right things, keep building the right things. It'll come around for us. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll bounce back. And, you know, I I I found it really impressive to see how this team recovered. And look, they're four games out of the the play in tournament as we record this on Wednesday afternoon on Wednesday afternoon on the East Coast. Um, but but you know that five and twenty starts probably was going to cost them a, a play a play in spot at, at, at this at this juncture. But it's it's still really impressive to watch how this team has grown. And you know, Steve Clifford used to say this all, all the time. You want to get better as the season progresses. You want to get, you want to be playing your best basketball toward the end of the season. You know, the Magic seem very much on that track. And so, you know, I think I think the question that you know we kind of start with as we as we reflect back is, can we consider the season a success already? Like, do do you consider you know, season ends tomorrow or you know the the Magic go 500 the rest of the way? If the Magic go 500 the rest of the way, I think they'd be 30. 34-35 wins. Bare bones stuff, but it does that make the season a success before we get into anything else that, that could happen the rest of the year?
6: Well, in a vacuum, when you put it like that, I think it, it does because that 34-35 that wins is well over any estimate that anybody had for them before the season started. I know they've obviously beaten last year's win total recently as well, so yes and yes, maybe if this is slightly more negative, but and it's it's my most it's my big, it's my biggest criticism I suppose of the, of the team uh, at this stage of the season, the inconsistencies and inabilities to get themselves up for certain games. And I, I look, it's eighty-two game season. It's so hard. It's it's hard to do anything consistently. And they're a young team and they're growing. And and Coach Mosley is obviously trying to uh, get across his game plan uh, all the time. But just it can be maddening. It can be so frustrating when you see them roll off a few impressive wins, beat the Celtics three times. Uh, Even the game against the Raptors last night, the first quarter, first seven minutes maybe, thinking like, okay, this looks like it's pretty much a healthy roster now. Uh, Everything's looking good. They're focused. They're they're locked in, and it's just one that gets away from them. And I think last night's uh, loss was quite a – we'll probably come back to that, but just that was not a a great loss. But just – I mean, I, I suppose, yes, to answer your question, Phil, I would consider this a success if the season ended today just because it's clear there's a path that they're on. It's clear that the team have grown and gotten better. It's clear that after the rough start that, as as Coach Clifford used to say, uh, you know, they're playing better basketball at this stage of the season. Um, but what I what, it's like a niggle in the back of my head is, oh, it's, it's just the inconsistencies can just be frustrating uh, and I know health has played such a, a part in that and we'll, we'll touch on health as well but uh that will be my biggest concern and will likely be my biggest takeaway or, or negative takeaway rather when this season is over is how they just always they didn't have it sometimes when they should have
5: I, I honestly think that that's that's the healthy response like yeah. honestly like I think I think that's that's like the healthy way to look at this year and and what the magic have done because. I mean you're right like you're right they they've already surpassed last year's win total they're you know even if they kind of stay on the pace they're at they're they're going to blow that away they're going to do a lot better than everyone thought they're going to destroy their Vegas over and under for sure mm-hmm. but at the same time like and this is something I've been thinking a lot about of late is you know like every player on the roster talks about the play in tournament I, I think we finally got Jamal Mosley to uh, to say that yes we are we we know what's going on in the playoffs chase and, and again that's why Tuesday's loss felt so big was because you know you couldn't build on a good win in Chicago you know to your point about the inconsistency the Magic I think are 1 in 10 or 1 in 11 on the second night of back-to-backs this year they're you know they're a good defensive team but on the second night of back-to-backs they give up 122 points per 100 possessions like they're getting smoked um you know when they're when there's just a little thing off like that that is a cause for concern and. and look young teams struggle with consistency like I, I say this I say that a lot to, to everyone is you know the regular season is about what can you do on a ran- uh, every night what, what what are you gonna do on a random night on a random Tuesday in February when you're tired, you've been on the road for a long time you see the all-star break coming like what do you rely on and I think this team is still figuring that out and so you know I, I, again, something I've been thinking a lot about lately is you know we've gotten more serious about the play and chase as we're looking at this team fully healthy and what they can do, like the expectations have raised up another level. Like they're, that this team is expected to do more. And so, you know, and I'm all for that. I think expectations should shift dur- through the course of the year. Like you always remember what the overarching goal was back in October, but the team you have in February, March, and April is very different than the team you have in October. Things evolve and they, they change. And and so you you understand what those October goals were and, and the Magic have largely hit those but now there are new goals to achieve. Now there are new things to accomplish and new things to, to to learn and grow with. And so I think it's very natural and I think healthy honestly to look at this team and say like yes they've accomplished a lot, but we expect them to do more now. Like they're like they they they've re, they've, they've earned the respect to say, "Hey, you look, you got to beat Detroit on next Thursday." Like mm-hmm. like you can't you can't go down 0-3 to Detroit. Like the like opening night loss those are random, like, whatever. But that those two games against the Pistons, you know, losing a fourth-quarter lead against the Knicks, losing a fourth-quarter lead against the Heat, like, yes, those are good learning moments and, and really important in really charged atmospheres at home where this team failed and, and now they have to kind of figure out how, how do we succeed in this situation. But at the same time, those are games that cost you. Like, we're going to look back at the end of the season in, in, in mid-April Magic Magic may miss the play in tournament by three games, you know, which which again leaves us only three games that that don't mean anything, mm-hmm. um, which will be really healthy for this team. But we're gonna look back and say, you know, lost a game to the Rockets at home where they didn't show up, uh, you know, where they didn't defend well, you know, lost, you know, lost a game to to the Heat when they were up 17 and didn't and didn't trail until overtime. Lost two games to the Pistons, like, though, like lost a game to the Hornets, got blown out at home against the Hornets. Like I think one of the more important lessons that the team is going to learn this year, and they may not understand this until they get to the end of the season, look back and say like, you know, we should have been more prepared. We should have been more focused. We should have valued this game more because it ultimately cost us uh, our goals and our dreams and, and and what we wanted to accomplish. Like it's, 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 I think it's healthy to say like, yeah, this team is good, but we know they can be better. We know they can do a whole lot more. And, and again, Honestly, like I see that as a sign of progress and a sign of success as much as anything else. Um, but now, you know, they've gone up a level. Now they're trying to get up another level. And of course, there's another level beyond that of being a home court team of, you know, being a, a real contender in the East rather than just be trying to get playoff experience, which is what this team is is going for. So. I, I think I actually think that's that's a really, really healthy thing and and again just a sign of how successful this this group has been.
6: Yeah, and I think uh earlier on it's it's probably a phrase uh, I rely on as a crutch sometimes when even writing, but it was it almost felt like found money at the start of the year, even though they were losing, but it was like, well bang, banchero, we can whatever whatever way you want to say his surname, but he like he's looking unbelievable. He's rookie of the year. Give it to him now. Uh ball ball was like it was like this is just so unexpected, it's fantastic. And it all just felt like, hey, we're losing. God, this is a bit of fun, and we can see that things are going well. Oh, sorry, things could go well and could progress. But you're right, now that we've hit February, March, it's like, okay, well, the shine's gone off ball a little bit, and we know how good uh, some of the young players are, so the expectations go up a level. And I mean, that's it's not it's not a fun place to be at. And maybe we're jumping the gun a little bit because The example I always think of uh, going back a couple of years is when the the Brooklyn Nets led by uh, D'Angelo Russell were in the playoffs. And it's such a fun, like, nobody expected us to be here. This is great vibe. And the magic, I still think they're somewhat in there. We're getting to the point now where you're right. Expectations are changing and they are moving up a level. So, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see how they respond to that because, like, again, to this point, at, at times they haven't always properly they will, again that's just and and what's really annoying is uh or really annoying for me anyways to what to to, to witness sorry i'm uh, not, not not on behalf of the whole fan base no stuff. i mean but it's sorry it, it's
5: like like i like i said that's that's a, it's it's healthy to be annoyed because we've seen how good this like like it's it, we're like a, a lot of us i think are feel like like proud parents like our our, our kids are, are growing up but now that they've shown us they can be responsible adults when they do something stupid we get we get upset with them
6: Like you got like the win streak from earlier in the season. Again, I know the three Celtics wins. You're like, God, this can be so good. And this is ahead of schedule and this is brilliant. And then it's the Detroit, like the Charlotte at home or losing to the Pistons. And you're like, oh, really? We've regressed in the space of 24, 48 hours. We've gone all the way back here. Like, really? No team's going to have it every night. And if there's one thing that maybe I think sometimes I need to maybe get off social media a little bit, game to game, the sensationalism. Of all fan bases, by the way, it's not just magic, of course. You know, this is the best player in the world versus we need to trade this guy after one bad game. I stay away from all of that because look, it's a team that grows and should grow and should be given the chance to grow. Uh yeah, there are times when it, it has frustrated. But then again, to put a positive spin on the fill, still at this stage as we as we take a breath, I'm happy. I say that through a bit of agreement. I'm happy with where the magic are right now after the the season that it's been so far.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I, I, I think I made this point this more uh, the, uh, earlier on, on, on Wednesday, the magic are you know, I think the magic are going to pass Indiana. I, I think at the very least, you know, they're going to get by Indiana. They, that, yeah, if you're looking for a big game uh, next Saturday at the Amway center, magic pacers, I believe mm-hmm. humongous game. Like that is, that is, you know, the, if you're if you're trying to make the play in tournament yes we're chasing washington yes we're chasing toronto yes we're chasing chicago we got to climb over indiana we got to climb we got a few other teams we got to climb over before we get to that 10 spot and and the four games is is big on in its own mm-hmm. it's the other teams you got to climb over to that 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 also makes it that also makes it makes it really 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 tough um and so i, I think that and so i think that orlando is going to get over indiana you know there are still people that talk about the draft. I will say this: the Magic are probably going to end up with the sixth or seventh best lottery odds. That's still a really good spot to be in. They'll probably end up with like the seventh, eighth, or ninth pick, and, and the seventh, eighth, and ninth, seventh or eighth and ninth pick uh, in the draft this year. Uh, so it's 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 going to be interesting to see how everything pans out uh, pans out for the Magic here, and and how how this this group. This group comes together and, and 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 what they do to take to take those next steps that 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 are all important. Let's take a quick break from our conversation to talk a little bit about fan dual sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA NBA season is here. We're at the break. We're ready to take a nice exhale. No, we're not. We're ready to get into the action, and so it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, and three strain. You can bet on whether Paolo Bancaro and Team Rookies will win the Skills Challenge, whether Paolo will win Rookie of the Year, or the Rising Stars MVP too. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, you know, obviously, Luke, I think one of the big things that changed for this team is Paolo, ben- Paolo Bancaro. Um, you know, we've already talked about him a lot and, and, and talked about how he is by far the rookie of the year. But what's the one thing about Bancaro that stands out most to you that has really kind of helped, helped this team evolve?
6: Um, a couple of things stand out. Um. From day one, it's like, and I know it's it's probably been said, well, it has been said, it's like he's a man already. I mean, he doesn't look in any way out of place. He never looks over odd. But the one thing I guess is like, you give him the ball with five or six seconds left in a shot clock, if you have to, it's not you just don't panic. You know, well, I certainly don't. Even if it doesn't go in, even if he, he'll make something happen, and I know that's not how you want an offense to run to just give it to him and hope for the best. But I'm never in any way panicked or unsure when he has the ball it's like okay he, he might find a cutter he might pass it up for somebody else he might take the shot on himself I'm fine with all of it he can do in my mind he can do no wrong so yeah I mean you think about where this team was before and it seemed like they tried for so long to shoehorn Evan Fournier into being some sort of closer or some sort of like this is the guy we turn to when we need book it. And a bucket just a shot maker yeah you're exactly and maybe, maybe I'm, I'm were so starved or had been so starved for that that to see him come in and so effortlessly as a rookie just be like it's grand i have this if you need me to do this it might not always work and i'm gonna obviously he had a bit of a rookie slump as we know um like even like i think he's coming through that now but even at that what we would consider his rookie wall is what most rookies would consider a good stretch of games so like yeah, I he's been unbelievable, and it's so amazing to think that I think he'd be an all-star next year. I'd, I'd I'd nearly go on record and say that now. I might be proven wrong, but I like it was too soon this year. But the fact his numbers were somewhat there just is testament to, to who he is. So he's the guy, in my opinion, and I have every faith that as long as he's on this team, good things are going to happen. Yeah, I I think I
5: think you're 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 spot on there. I think. I think the the thing that Pan has changed about this team is is they do just have a guy that they can dump the ball to, yeah, and, and he will he will create a shot. Um, we've seen him make wild shots. Um, the, the just just and, and you know honestly, I think a lot of his struggles this year have been twofold: one, him figuring out what a good shot is and what kind of shots he can take and make consistently in this league, and and what it's going to take to get to a spot. So. Honestly, I look at every failure from Paolo as like a sign of like, okay, he's gonna get that the next time, or he's gonna mm-hmm. know, hey, I have to work on this particular shot or this particular pattern to be more successful next year. Um, the other thing is like his his ability to get to the line. I, I think he yeah. has transformed the magic. Like,
6: like is he his bad top, games. He's top. Sorry to cut across. Is he still? I, I believe he's top twenty in the league. I mean, he was nearly top ten at might, one point. I know. I know.
5: I know he's dipped under eight attempts per game, which was kind of like the magic number for a while. Um, but like the magic, the magic since Dwight Howard left have been a bottom five team in free throw rate every single year. I, I would Maybe maybe they stuck out of the bottom five one year of those, but they have never, they, but they've struggled to get to the foul. line. Like that's like, that's such a huge thing. And you know, if you're, you know, yeah, the magic still have one of the worst offenses in the league. They're still, I think bottom 10 in the league in offensive rating, but like, for a team that didn't have a guy that could create his own shot and had to rely on each other not being able to get free throws was such a drain on the offense it was just such a like you couldn't do anything like like it's it's just it's just it was just really hard for this team to operate and so all of a sudden the magic had gone from one of the worst free throw shooting teams worst free throw getting teams in the league not shooting teams they've they've gone through a little bit of struggle here but they've been okay mm-hmm. Um, they've gone from one of the worst free throw-getting teams in the league to, like, third, fourth, or fifth. Like, they're, they'll bounce between three, four, and five, depending on, on the game. Their, shoot, their free throw rate's been hovering around 30% for most of the season. Like, they're getting a free throw for three out of every 10 field goal attempts they get. Like, that is... So, that'd be six out of every 20... field, six free through, You know, one trip to the line for every 15, 20, 20 shots they take. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two free throws, essentially. Um, that is just an incredible rate. That's just such an incredible turnaround. And, you know, as this team adds more offensive weapons, like when the bench really started getting going and when this group is really settled in, you see how this team's offense takes off because they can constantly put pressure on the basket. Now, like I would argue the biggest problem for the magic is the lack of diversity. They're not a great three point shooting team. They don't have a lot of great mid range jump shooters. Paolo isn't quite the mid range jump shooter yet that, that Mm -hmm. that he's going to be. Uh, And so you know the Magic lack diversity. If they're not getting to the basket, if they're not getting to the foul line, they're going to struggle. And you know we saw this last night in Toronto. The Raptors did a really good job walling off the paint. We saw this against Miami. Like Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler are great at just being physical without fouling and, and keeping you from the paint. You could just kind of see the frustration because the Magic just have one way that they can beat you offensively right now in the half court at least. And 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 it's and and honestly, a lot of it is that's Paolo's personality. Paolo's personality is. He can bull his way to the to the basket because he's so big and strong, or he's gonna get to the foul line. And so, you like seeing your team take on the offensive personality of your best player, and everyone follows suit. Everyone gets energy from, it and everyone's doing it too. Like Franz gonna get to the basket, Cole can get to the basket, Markel can get to the basket. Wendell has that nice kind of fake spin move that he does from the elbow that he gets that gets him to the basket. Like this, like for the first like what Paolo was given this team, I think for the first time in a long time is a just clear-cut offensive identity. And and it's, again, we're just planting seeds this year. It's it's something that this team can grow from. And, you know, I I know I tell this to everyone every time Paolo has a bad game, and a bad game for him is like 13 points on 5 for 18 shooting. I'm I'm like, this is the worst Paolo's ever going to be. Mm -hmm. He's going to take everything he's learned this year. He's going to get better. And teams are doubling him like crazy still. There's not as much as they were maybe in January, but... Teams are still putting a lot of defensive focus and attention on him. And he's a rookie who doesn't know how to handle it yet. Once he learns how to do that, it's, and, you know, adds a three point shot, especially. It's going to be game over for a lot of the league.
6: Yeah. And, like, he didn't have a lot of, like, a healthy roster alongside him. Thankfully, he's been mostly healthy himself, which has been great. But now that he has, like, the full complement of, uh, well, nearly the full complement uh, of teammates around him, like, yeah, you can already see. That good things are happening. And I hope uh, over the course of this that we'll get to speak about Markel Fultz a little bit. I'm sure we will. Uh, because even you can just see him being on the court with, pa- with Paolo and other players. It's just such a help. Uh, and I think having a real point guard like that alongside Paolo as they grow together. Yeah. I, I don't want to quite go far and say the sky is the limit right now, but it, it has me very optimistic about what the next couple of years can look like.
5: Just want to take a quick break from the conversation here to tell you what's coming up on Locked On Magic tomorrow. Terrence Ross is officially a member of the Phoenix Suns. I know, it's weird to say. We're going to talk about Terrence Ross's legacy with the Orlando Magic, what he meant to Orlando, and where the team finds shooting moving forward. We'll get into some of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic to wrap up the week. Until then, enjoy the rest of our conversation with Luke Duffy of OrlandoMagicDaily.com.
7: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On.
5: So so let's let's get into Markel Foltz then let's let's talk a little bit Mark Markel because you know I think that I think right now everyone is talking about him because like he's clearly shining with with Paolo and Franz going through their little slump right now um, but I, I think there's still some questions about whether he's ultimately the answer at point guard um, you know we you know I, I think it's very clear how important Markel is like we we mark time this season. Uh, based on when Mark Hell and Cole came back. I think that was November 20. It was late November um, when they came back against the Hawks. The losing streak ended uh, December 7th. is kind of when we start counting time. It's it's like my Northwestern Wildcats, you know, nothing before 1995 ever happened. Um, but, uh, but uh, uh, you know, I, I think people forget how young Markell still is. And, and like, regardless of what happened earlier in his career, this guy still has number one pick talent and he's really starting to show it now that he's gotten, gotten healthy and he, and he's kind of figured it out. You know, what, a, I guess what are the next steps for Markel and, and what, what, you know, what do the magic need for him? How important is he to this team and, and this team's development? And, and is there a concern that, you know, the magic don't, that, that he's not a shooter yet, or, or, you know, he's a willing shooter, but he's not a good shooter yet. Is, is there still concern there? Uh, about what this team can be, you know, when they do start competing for something real?
6: Well, I like the fact that he at least takes them now, even if it doesn't always look particularly pretty. I, You know, I don't treat quite as much as I used to. And look, we all love to, I think, or call something correctly. We like to, to brag about it. So I just want to go on the record here and say, I at times did think Fultz was done with this team. I, I didn't see because of his injuries and because... I just, I just didn't know if he was a long term solution. I've absolutely changed my tune on that. I believe he can be. He's twenty three, I believe. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's 23, 23 or twenty four.
5: Twenty four, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's, 24, There's Gary Harris is the oldest player on this team at twenty eight. Every one yeah, of these guys are
6: babies. They're all yeah, exactly. Children. So, and I said recently, like at this age, isn't it crazy to think like he's by far much? He's a better player than Ben Simmons. Now I know. We need to move past that. They can't just be linked at the hip forever. But I mean, if you'd have said that two years ago, 18 months ago, that Markel Fultz is the better of those two players, a lot of people would have called you crazy. So yeah, I, I'm willing to give him every chance to be the long-term uh, solution as a point guy. I have no problems if, this, if, if, it, if it ends up that for the foreseeable future, it is him running the show. And again, I have changed my tune on that considerably because I did not think that that was going to be the case. Uh, he's yeah. there's a there's a sense of calm and poise when he has the ball. He even if it doesn't work out, I always feel like he's trying to make the right decisions, tries to get teammates going, and looking at it as another positive, alongside Suggs especially, I really think there's this, the, the very, very early stages, but them as a ta- as a tandem, I really believe that can work as well. And maybe I'm being overly optimistic now, but I, I see good things there. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think something that does go really underrated is that the game management that he mm-hmm. brings. Like he 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 knows how he knows how to and when to push the pace in the right ways. Um, like knowing just taking the ball and going and, and getting up the court quicker and 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 just he he is he's just really good at at, at planting himself in the paint. That mid range jumper. Like everyone who says he's not a good jump shooter I was like, I'm like, no, he's, he's not a good three point shooter. He's a really good mid range shooter. Like his, his Mm -hmm. pull-up game is really good. And, you know, I, I'm like, again, like I, like I said earlier, I think the biggest thing missing is, is offensive diversity. Like the magic need multiple ways they can attack you. And that means someone's got to hit a pull-up jumper. Like Marco Foltz can hit one. I, I like Franz doing it. I wish Franz would do it more. Um Palo is certainly going to get there. And then you add some three-point shooting. And, and again, that some of it is Palo being a better three-point shooter. Uh, you know, teams are happy to let center shoot. So Wendell's got to continue to hit, hit from mm-hmm. deep too. Um, it's it Markel does so many things and, and he passes guys open. And, that, and that's something that doesn't get uh get seen in a in a stat sheet and, and, and a scorebook. Um, uh, you know, he he gets other guys open and, and gets and 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 like it's the heartbeat of this team. Like honestly, like. I think the biggest issue with Markel sometimes is he's a little sloppy. Like he tries to be a little too adventurous sometimes, and not in a way that like Jalen Suggs is, where he's just going a hundred miles an hour, slamming into slamming into a brick wall, um, and and falling and 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 you know needing to readjust the rubber bands that hold him <laughs> together. Uh, but like Markel will try a pass that's not that's in a window that's not there that really only he could see, or you know he he won't you know have the energy. And I think some of that is so much of this team is just young like i hate to say i hate to say it the hate to say it this way but like so many of the problems that we see with this team are just like well that's just what young teams do like young teams are inconsistent they get up for the celtics they don't get up for the pistons Yeah, no offense no offense to detroit like those teams don't understand the value of every single game so honestly like the uh, i love for the magic make the play in tournament i think they get a lot of value from from playing even if they lose that 9-10 game feeling the pressure of a do or die game would be so huge for this group. But by the same token, I think it would be valuable to, to fall short and to say like, oh, we need to value every game because every game matters. You know, we drop games. We could point, like, I loved what I heard from, I think it was Jalen Suggs uh, after Tuesday's loss to the Raptors where he's like, you know, credit to the Raptors. They played hard. They did all the right things the mistakes were our own. We got lazy with turnovers. You know, we didn't defend. We didn't dig out rebounds. We know it's on us. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. It's on us to play better. And so, so much of this team's, some of these teams' issues, like the focus for a full 48 minutes, the the consistency game to game, you know, the understanding of what it takes to win, so much of that just, so much of that gets fixed with experience. And so, you know, I think one of the big lessons from this season is the value of patience, um, you know, you know, we live in a society where we can access anything immediately. And, you know, I think NBA fans are a lot smarter now and, and, and understanding of like what it takes to win a championship. You know, that's, I think where the tank culture comes from a little bit, like they're, they're not idiots that they have, they have a point. Yeah. Um, but, but like, so, so like, I, I know I encounter a lot of people in, in mentions, that are that that want the results immediately, and I'm just like like I have friends and family that will say like Why are the Magic struggling so much? It's just like they got, they're working through the process. You you got to give them the give them the opportunity. Like Jamal Mosley, I think makes some game management mistakes, but they're game management mistakes. If you're trying to win immediately, if you're trying to build and grow and develop, and and think about like we're playing not just not for this year, we're playing for what we're going to experience next year. Some of those failures are fine. Like the Miami game if the Magic wanted to win that game, the ball would have been in Markel Fultz's hands at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. They put the ball in Paolo Vancaro's hands. And Vancaro made mistakes. And it sucks to lose that game. That's a game you want to win. But if Paolo Vancaro gets into a situation later in the year or next year against Miami where he has a ball in his hands and has to close, he's going to be more prepared to do it now. And and I think that's that's the development mindset that the Magic still have. But so much of this season is about patience. Like, waiting on Markel Fultz to kind of have this moment click for him. You know, people were pretty ready to give up on Jalen Suggs, you know, maybe not fully, but give up on Jalen Suggs. And he's probably been the Magic's most impactful player, if not the second, if not behind Fultz as the second most impactful player for the last two, three weeks now. Um, You know, these guys are so young, you got to give, you got to give them time. Um, And, and, and I feel like that's, that's part of that's part of this season's story as much as anything else too. Uh
6: yeah, I think Phil, everything that you've said there, um what sticks out to me uh from, from all of that is like and maybe I'm putting the question back on you now, but you, uh, you seem to and it's, it's I had never considered it this way. The way you phrased it that was really interesting when you said, Look, maybe the best thing is that they don't make the play in tournament and they go next year, okay, well, we came up short because some nights we didn't have it. So that's an up. I would say that's a glass half full way of looking at it, and it's a way that I haven't always. So, like, you're showing a lot of optimism there for even if they come up short for putting the ball in in Paolo's hands against Miami, even for Jalen Suggs. So, do you feel good about where this team is right now? Because it's from the way we're talking now, I get the sense that you're happy with where they're at.
5: Yes, uh, I like, like like we like we discussed earlier. Like, I think big picture, if I take a step back, you know, like you have this conversation, like we're talking about things in a very different way than we talked about earlier in the year. Like, like mm-hmm. to me, so much of this season, like if you asked me in October what the season was about, it was about two things. It was about, you know, learning to win and winning more for sure. Like, like it, but it was never about the win total. Like, I, I, I expected them to surpass last year's win total, but it was never about, oh, we have to get to 35 wins, to make the plan. Like, that's, that's not the goal. Those are nice things to have. If the team does that, that's certainly a sign that they were successful. It was never about that. It was about having a better understanding of what you have and what you need to surround it to be successful. To experience winning at a higher level, so you know, okay, this works. This doesn't work. Um, you know, we need this to make Palo better. We need this to make Franz better. And so, you know, so much. You know, I, I tell I, I tell a lot of people this. Like, you learn a lot in failure. And this team has obviously surpassed last year's win total. We're mm-hmm. at a point where we expect them to win every game. Like it doesn't matter who they're playing. Like we we believe they need to win games. Like I, I say this a lot on my podcast on on Lockdown Magic, so my listeners will, will know this. But you know, there's always like five or six things the Magic need to do to, to win games. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could be you know make three pointers. It could be point win points to the paint, limit turnovers, offense rebounds, like whatever whatever those things are. Like it's 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 more this more abstract concept than anything else. And last year to win games they had to do four or five of those five or six things. We're at a point now where the magic have to do three or four of those things, you know, where they have a little bit of a margin for error because they're, because they've got the talent, they've got the know-how, they've got the poise to, to, to compete. And so to me, like that is such a huge step forward. That is a big step forward. And, you know, the goal for me at the end of the season was we need to exit the season understanding what the next step is, you know, saying like, we have a team that is capable of making the playoffs and, and, and capable of taking taking a huge step. We just need that last little bit to get over the hump. And, and obviously, I think a lot of people would point to shooting. I know we talked about this for the trade deadline. I still think backup center is a is a massive, massive need for this team. Um, you know, I, I not not nothing against Mo Wagner. I like Mo Wagner a lot, but you know, we could see how he struggles a little bit on the glass and and mm-hmm. and and some of his struggles on the interior. Um, you know, taking a charge is about his only defense, and, and that's you know, that's that's not that's not great defense all the time. Um, but, uh, so I, 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 I am very happy with how, where this team's at. Like, again, if they finish 500 the rest of the year, or they get to, you know, they, they settle at 34, 35 wins for the season, the 35 and 47 record, um, is, they're kind of on track for 35, 36 wins. If they settle in, in the mid, in the mid to 30, mid thirties for a win total, you know, that, that means they've taken a step there, but watching this team, like it's so clear what this team needs and, and and how this team evolves next year, and they've got the resources to go out and make things happen. And you know, I am interested to see how this team looks and operates when they do have to make some tough decisions. Obviously, I think this off season there will be talks for Cole Anthony to get an extension and just take care of it. And and maybe that's the right move. Maybe that isn't. Um, they'll have you know tons of cap room to play with. They've got two draft. They'll have two first round picks they could play with. We're I, I would I I. I don't want the magic to sit on their hands and say like, Hey, we made progress. Let's, let's keep moving forward. They do need to address some very real needs, but we know what those needs are. And and we know how this thing is theoretically going to look and work when they're ready to really compete for something real. And and we're honestly very close to that point where they will be competing for something real sooner than later.
6: So do you think then post all-star break, then if we talk obviously we've spoken about what what's come before and how I guess, would it be fair to say that I feel we're in, in lockstep that uh, it's it started off badly, but there's lots to be positive about. Would that be you? You be in agreement with me there? Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. If we're to- absolutely. If we're talking post-off do You like more of a, I don't know, even more clarity on the roles. I like the guard situation, for example, still confuses me a little bit. Like you mentioned, call Anthony there. You know. At this point in time, because Suggs has played so well recently, and it's it's such recency bias, I'm thinking Mark and Suggs as the backcourt is absolutely what I want to see going forward, at least in terms of starting. So, see in post all just a bit more clarity around, yeah, the roles, who the the five are, and winning some games off the back of that. Yeah, so I I think
5: I think for the end of the season, like I, I obviously like want to see the progress continue. Like mm-hmm. I want to see this team continue to to to, to make steps. You know, like. To, to, to finish out the season as if they're in a play-in chase like I, I want to see them feel that pressure I want to see the organization put that pressure on these guys and say like hey you know it, success or failure isn't based off of making the play-in tournament but we're four games back let's make a push let's mm-hmm. let's let's feel it and and that includes to going to Jamal Mosley and saying coach this team like every game matters so if that means that you know, Jalen Suggs needs to start for Gary Harris, do that. If that means Jalen Suggs needs to finish a game, do that. If that means starters need to play 35 minutes instead of the 32 that they're playing, I, I know that's a big complaint that and I would agree with this that Jamal Mosley maybe sticks with his bench a tick too long, mm-hmm. even when the bench is playing well. Um, you know, trying lineups that, you know, maybe haven't played together, but but have players that are playing well that that just need to be out there to get to scratch out wins. Like I think I think the rest of the season is about putting that pressure and it's not like overpressure where, you know, if you, if a guy doesn't perform, he's out. Like, it's not like, uh, you know, you know, let's say, you know, Tobias Harris is always on the trade block for the Philadelphia 76ers because in the playoffs, he kind of disappears. It's not like that. Like if someone doesn't rise to the occasion and and, and this team misses the play in tournament, it's a learning, it's a learning experience, not, not a death knell to their, to their run with the magic. Like, you know, Franz continues to struggle like he's been struggling no one's putting him on the trade block because of that. Like, like we all know how good he is. He's been playing basketball nonstop since July. Like I, I think he's hit a I think he's hit a wall a little bit here. His body's just tired and he needs this break as much as anyone else. Um, but I, I think I think what we want to see is we want to see how this team responds to pressure. Like that's that's the great unknown. Like this team has been playing pressure free. Nothing matters. It's all found money, it's all good, it's all development. I want to see this team play under pressure. Like we've raised the expectations here. We've raised what we think this team can accomplish and what this team can be next year is going to have pressure next year. I, I mean, I, tell me if you agree with this, this team has shown enough this year that they should be a playoff team next year. Yeah, You know, they should be, they should be a top eight team. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give, we'll give them some leeway, say, you know, a home, uh, a home game, a uh, home game in the play in turn, like seven or eight seats this team is good enough to be that in, in this league. And with the, with the improvements that we expect both internally from this roster and externally from free agency in in the off season, they're going to feel pressure next year. So put that pressure, you know, put a little bit of that pressure on them now, but make them feel it, make them, make them, make them be that team. And and, and I think, I think that's what we want to, that's what we want to see because that's ultimately what's going to determine whether this whole thing is successful or not. And, it's going to be the most valuable to them. Like I know I said this during the tanking days so much, like putting pressure on guys to win is the best way to learn who they are and best way to learn your own weaknesses. Honestly, like I, I, especially after Tuesday night's game, I think a lot of people have questions about Wendell Carter. There were some questions that I brought up in the off season, but have largely been ignored or pushed aside. And now it's like, well, you know, Wendell Carter needs to be a better rebounder. Like, is he the, is he the big physical center? And I don't think that's like the most pressing question that this team has, but there's going to be opportunities in the off season to go out and make deals. Like, you know, I, I don't think this is the right idea, but you know, like a DeAndre Ayton's always going to be available because he's clearly unhappy in Phoenix. That's a guy who has been in playoff battles before, you know, isn't happy with his role in Phoenix, gives the magic a little bit more size. Like that may be a swap you think about that may be something you think you think about. I'm not saying they do do it. I'm not saying they should do it. This contract is a bit of a me- bit of a mess and, you know, is he going to be happy playing behind Paolo and Franz the same way he's playing behind Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and then to some extent Macal Bridges and now Kevin Durant? Who knows what's going to happen? It's the NBA; something crazy always does. Mm-hmm. But but you do have to start thinking about these bigger questions, and you can't answer them unless you feel that pressure.
6: Yeah, uh, I mean I'm I'm in complete agreement with you on all of that. Uh, I, what I think is interesting, and we have we somehow haven't mentioned him uh, throughout this entire podcast is like the reintroduction, obviously, of Jonathan Isaac, not that he solves defensive, every defensive issue or all the rebounding issues, but some of the flashes have been have been something. It's not nothing, let me tell you. So, uh, yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting how he's integrated with that as well. Um, and I suppose when I always think about, you know, beyond and the future and free agency, well, just the future, like, I don't know why I'm so focused on more the offensive side of things. But maybe it's my own, uh, I don't know, seen the magic suffer for so long in that regard, but you're right, like not that Carter has gotten a free pass or anything, but you're right. These are some of the tougher questions. A bit like Cole Anthony as well. Like a, yeah, a prime well, guard, a great like, player.
5: Like we talked about Markel earlier. Markel still has those questions. Like Markel yeah. is an expiring contract next year. Like like he is, you know, they're gonna keep him around, but like everyone's openly talked about bringing in Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> you know, for you know yeah. for 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 whatever for whatever for whatever you know for whatever for whatever that's worth. It could be something, it could be nothing. And um, you know what's, like, what's crazy
6: is watching the game last night, and I, I don't know that if Fred van Fred Vliet, uh, Fred, Blit, Fred Blit, sorry, is uh, you know the big splash that you get. I kind of feel like that puts a glass ceiling or a ceiling of sorts on what you can be. And yet, at times last night, I was thinking, God, he's not too bad. Like he no, he, he he's makes, fine. He's fine. like he's he's a really good player, probably. But he's just not. For me anyways he's that level below but
5: he's he's he, he's a floor he's a floor raiser not a ceiling raiser.
6: yes exactly like exactly
5: like 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 we'll get we'll get into off-season stuff in April
6: May yes of course you know
5: June um but like getting a guy like Fred Van Vliet um that makes you a playoff team like Fred Van Vliet on this magic team they're in the playoffs like they yep. got the talent you know Fred Van Vliet's a good floor setter he's a good defender he's a good shooter he 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 knows when to have a big game when the team needs him to have a big game he knows when to take a step back. So he'd be, I don't think, in theory, I don't think he'd be a a bad, bad addition. The salary is always the concern. The length is the concern. The age is the concern. The health is the concern, Um, you know, and and all that. And and again, I think a lot of people still get obsessed with this timeline idea. I don't think you want players all on the same timeline. You don't want players that are all the same age because then they start fighting for attention. Then they start fighting for I want to be the guy. No, I want to be the guy. No, I want to be the guy. Like that's, that's what broke up Shaq and Penny, you know, among other things. Um, yeah. But you bring in you bring in a veteran, maybe a little bit of higher price, but bringing a veteran, they've been there. Fred VanVleet's won a title. He knows what it's going to take to win a title. He's not interested in the individual glory. He knows the individual glory comes from team glory. Um, you kind of need those guys on a young, on a young team like this, where, you know, they don't understand everything, you know, I still think the most impactful free agent signing in Magic history was Horace Grant. Um, oh, it's Richard Lewis, but uh, but but that was more because of how the Magic used Richard Lewis, not that they signed him. Yeah. Um, Horace, Grant, Horace Grant to me changed that team. Like Shaq and Penny were going to rocket to the moon. bad bad choice of words. They were going to to reach the moon event reach the moon eventually, um, because they were just so talented. They got there a whole lot faster because Horace Grant gave them the know how, the understanding, the knowledge, the maturity. To get to get there. Um, and so like I always joke, like the magic needle horse grant. They need a guy that's been there. That's, you know, Gary Harris has been in some of these battles before. They need a guy that's been there to help them get to help them get there. And just like it's one thing when Jamal Mosley or the coaching staff says like, hey, this is what the playoffs are going to be like, these young guys are going to be like, sure, 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 sure. When one of their peers in the locker room is, you know, pulling Paolo aside and saying, hey, we need you to step up tonight. You know, this is this is your game. Like giving him that pep talk, that matter that like hearing it from your peers is a lot is, is a lot more meaningful. And, and so I, I like that's something the magic should be looking for in the in the off season. They need veterans. They're they're too young.
6: They do they do. And I I definitely underestimated the importance of Gary Harris. I'm glad you brought him up there because I know he was injured for uh, earlier in the season. And I always had this like belief, even though I'm not on the team. That Terence Ross was some sort of like grandfather figure who was, you know, moving them he from was. practice to get. He's yeah, a cool um, uncle. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, <laughs> cool uncle. Is like, oh god, the cool uncle, not, not grandfather. But like, just because he's gone now, Gary Harris is only twenty seven, but he he has a bit of that. At least it looks to me like he has a bit of that more veteran savvy know how. He's been around other teams. He's been around winning to some degree. So, I there was probably a period of time where if you told me Gary Harris got traded, I would have said. Brilliant. That's probably a first-round pick. At least I would have hoped it was, or or something. But I'm I'm very glad he's actually still on the team. And I believe as well for the remainder of the season, he can have he, he'll have some say in if they do make the play-in or not.
5: I, I know I know fans are very obsessed with getting Jalen Suggs into the starting lineup, but go look at Gary Harris's stats. He is having yeah. an incredible shooting season. If anything, the Magic got to find a way to get him the ball more. Like like I, I I get I get frustrated. Yeah, like he's shooting I think three three pointers a game he needs to get that up to like 5 or 6. Like the magic need to find a way to get that up to 5 or 6 cuz that that'll change everything. And honestly like when he's getting no shots it usually means the ball is moving to him and he's he's getting good looks and, and getting getting good opportunities. Um yeah, it's 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 obviously like this such a fascinating time for the magic because we're we're in this period where we don't have that have the necessar- necessarily the pressure to win, but everyone sees it on the horizon. Like everyone mm-hmm. sees how good this team can be on the horizon, even like national media um, who actually watch the magic and actually watch the league. Um, I'll, I'll leave out names on, on a four letter network that, that don't really seem to. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 the group, the player, the people that actually watch this team are like, this, this team is good. Like they, 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 they fly around. Like we talk about, you know, a lot of our focus has been on offense and that's for good reason. Cause you know, after struggling so much at the start of the season, at least entering Tuesday night's game, which I will forget the defensive effort on Tuesday night.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. the
5: magic are 16th in the league in defensive rating. All of a sudden, like over the last 15 games are 10th in the league in defensive rating, like their defense is starting to really piece together and come together. And once that happens, then the offense is going to come because the defense is going to generate that offense. And, and you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this team really, really comes, comes together. Um, I, I think the best place to kind of close our, dis- close our discussion off is, is with, and we've talked around it a little bit here um, is, is with Jamal Mosley. Cause I know that he's become a little bit of a lightning rod among magic fans as the coach always does. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the job that Jamal Mosley has done with this team this year and, and with, you know, what this team was hoping to accomplish?
6: So, For me, there were moments where I definitely worried. I'm not going to say can him. I'm not going to say let's overreact here, and I'm not even going to go back to again five and twenty. But there were moments where I thought, have you stuck with this rotation too long? I'm sorry, have you stuck with this the you know the rotations that you're going with? Are really should you have made some subs before now? So there were definitely parts of it that, and still, by the way, sorry, that's still the case. There are there are some there are times where his his choices confuse me. But then again, he's an NBA head coach and I'm not. So I have to trust that he knows, you know, what he's doing. And certainly in the last few months, it seems to me that his ability one-to-one to speak with people and, and like, with, with his own players. Yeah, like, I'm happy with where the Magic are right now with him. I mean, this is, what, a second season? This was, like, overnight he was never going to be a success. This was a young team that he's trying to mould into his vision. And some nights I think you really do see that. Again, the inconsistencies, frustrate but i'm i'm totally he's not perfect no head coach is but he's the for me the right man for where they are now i don't know if you agree with me on that but like if he was gone tomorrow for whatever reason i like i would see that as a negative and i do think that the team would take a step back uh, even if it was a small one but I, I don't know if you agree with me on that but certainly he's uh i think he's won over some magic fans as well who we're not happy again. It's uh, social media is a very reactionist place yeah, to be anyways, yeah. as we all know. But you know, there were people who definitely weren't a fan of them, and I, they still exist, of course. It's a little bit less. so
5: uh, so a I think, I think what Mosley's done really well is the big picture stuff. Like mm-hmm. you, you want a team to get better, you want a team to improve over the course of of of, of a season. They have done that. They they have taken. Real steps forward. They have been, they have, they have, they have been a, a really successful team on on that front. Um, and, and and I've always been impressed with how Mosley keeps the big picture in mind. Like everything is big picture. Everything is like, well, we're gonna run this because that's who we're going to be, and we want our players to have these thoughts and and, and to see these reads. And if they're gonna make mistakes, make mistakes now. Like now's the time to make your mistakes because the pressure is gonna ramp up as the year year goes on. Um, and I think he's done a really good job teaching that. Uh, and you can see the results on the floor. Like, we expect them to, to do better. We we know that they can, and, and they've done that more consistently. Um, I, I, I I say this a lot about, about you know, we say this a lot about the team. The team is young. The coach is young, too. Like, this is mm-hmm. his second year as a head coach. And the first time where he's, you know, like the players, the first time he's in a situation where he's expected to win, where, you know, winning is not just a, an unlikely outcome or a, a mythical outcome. It's it's an actual outcome that's going to happen, and so I think we're see uh, I think we're seeing him go through his growing pains as a game manager, understanding you know rotation, understanding rotations, when to when to take a risk, when to when to go when to go for it. Like I would agree with with, with some of the game management criticisms he has, like sticking with the bench a tick too long, um, not bringing in starters in quickly. Honestly, like Saturday night against the Heat, he should have picked up a technical foul in the third quarter. Um, you know, I, I think, I think he fights for his team in different ways, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes coaches pick up strategic technical fouls. I don't think I've seen Jamal Mosley do that once. Um, And I mean, that, that might sound silly. That may not be a psychology he believes in, but I do think that says a lot. And especially in a home game that charges the crowd like that, that energizes the crowd. When the coach coach goes to bat, like, you know, some coaches, coaches know to do this get ejected once. Like if you're really upset about something, you want to show your players you're fighting for them, get ejected. Um I do like that Mosley does keep an even keel. Like having said that, Mosley keeps an even keel and and it and it, you know like as much as I disagree with Shaq's master of panic comment about Stan Van Gundy, mm-hmm. I do agree with this point that the team takes on the personality of their coach. You know, Stan Van Gundy got you know, Stan Van Gundy is a brilliant tactician. But I do think in the finals and in meaningful games, he'd sometimes go over the top and the team reflected that. The team lost its composure with that. Um, Jamal Mosley is so cool and even keeled that even through crazy waves, he stays steady and that's important for a young team. So I think that that we will see Mosley improve uh, with all this. And and like I said earlier, I, I think that we are at a really interesting point with this group where the big picture stuff still matters more but we also want to see this team win. And, and there's an achievable, tangible goal for this team to, to grab. And we want to see this team reach that goal and, and grab that goal. And, you know, I, I think at times, Mosley isn't coaching to get there. It Isn't coaching to get the top seed, to get to get into the play-in tournament or, or, or win an individual game because he's thinking about this big picture that's out there. But sometimes you just got to go out and win a game. Like, like, I don't think we've seen him coach that way. And honestly, I'd like to see more of that after the all-star break now, you know, yes, he's managing some injuries and yes, he's managing uh, minutes, but, but the magic have two back to backs the rest of the season. I think we could see him really lead on, on players that he trusts and on groups that he trusts to go out and get more wins. Um, And and Mm -hmm. to experiment with that, honestly, like there's still no pressure, go experiment with it a little bit, try it, try it for for a little while. See, see how far you can push this team to get, to get them that, that tangible goal. Um, It's, it's small things for sure, uh but you know, I think I think this team is still largely winning isn't the main goal, development is. And and I think that's kind of the tension between fans uh and 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 this coaching staff a little bit. Uh but I, I think we are seeing a shift where maybe the Magic should be should care more about wins than, than development and and, and Mosley's gotta learn how to coach a winning team again.
6: Mm-hmm. And just to add to that very quickly, I think it will be interesting if next year the team start off slow, you know, how quickly it will be you got to win more games because whatever about how we feel about that now, yeah, the pressure from here on out with the, the the need to win games will only increase. So if Mosley is still experimenting or doing these things next year, fans and probably the front office are going to be less uh, forgiving if he's not changed his mindset to let's win that Miami game and put the ball in Markel Fultz's hands more or whatever it may be. Uh, and I actually wasn't aware that he hadn't, if that is correct, that he hasn't received a technical, I'm, I very much subscribe to the, uh, to I, I'm the
5: sure, I'm sure,
6: I'm I, sure I, I can't he remember has, myself. but like, I can't
5: remember. I, can't remember I don't, Neither I'm sure I. he has, but, but like that, like maybe, again, maybe he doesn't believe in that psychology. True. Maybe he's more concerned about keeping a level head because he saw how his team was getting rattled. But you know, sometimes you got to fight for your guys. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just gotta, sometimes you just gotta, you got to do something to spark some energy. You got to do something to just let your guys know
6: that you're within have reason. Hat. Now, Phil, like, within reason, let's not talk about but fighting reason, to end this within podcast. reason. Let's not talk about fighting. Uh, with, with, uh to end this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, we we got rid of we got
5: rid of, we got rid of our fighters uh, exactly. uh oh, 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 last week, I guess. Um, uh, apparently, apparently, Austin Rivers still runs this town. I i, I was not aware. Um, uh, Luke. Luke uh, I, I I appreciate you coming on and appreciate all uh, all the coverage that that you've been giving us here at given us at Orlando Magic Daily. Um it's it's uh, like we're at a, like I think we both agree this this team is at a really good spot. Um and and there's a lot of excitement to come uh, and a lot of growing to come and 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 very achievably uh, achievable growth to come from from this group. Um so it's 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 a good time to take a pause and, and recognize all that this team's accomplished, as well as you know think about what's what's to come and what's ahead and, and what what you know what's going to shift and change here as the magic take take their next steps. Um, Luke, uh, where where can everyone find you if if they if they want to contact you and 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 let, and uh, see your work and, and everything else?
6: Well, I'm uh, writing for Orlando Magic Daily and you'll uh, find probably some things to disagree with me with, as some Magic fans love to do, uh, on Twitter at Luca Lockhart, which I know is a strange name. It's not my name. Uh, Luca Lockhart, L-U-C-A-L-O-C-K-H-E-A-R-T. Uh, if you want to tell me why I'm awful for saying some of the things I've said. So, yeah, you can find me there.
5: Yeah, perfect. Uh, abs- absolutely. Do that Check out his coverage as well as OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can mm-hmm. follow us there on Twitter. I-, I still control the O Magic Daily account, but you can follow us there on Twitter at o Magic Daily. Luke. Luke, like myself, I think we both share this philosophy as far as interacting with with our audience. Um, is we we will field questions. You know, we will we're happy we're happy to hear your arguments why you disagree. We're happy to hear why you agree. Uh, we are both we are both commenters and and want to interact with you guys. So definitely reach out to Luke if you see anything that he writes and you want to le- want to let him uh, let him know about uh, ask him a question or anything. Uh, just as much as you can uh, ask me a question uh, at any at any point too. Um, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic, though. Uh, if, when you're done, uh, for the latest... Yeah, let me get, let me get through my, my spiel here. Um, thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts to your tune in to Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. All of the places on our podcast to your podcast enabled device, of course, subscribe to it as well on YouTube. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, of course, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at oMagicDaily. Now that you don't listen to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. All the scores from around the NBA with analysis from the local experts who know their team best. Check it out on the Locked On NBA feed wherever you download podcasts. That's Game to Game NBA. On behalf of Luke, I want to thank you all again again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil with we'll See all again next time for another episode of Locked